0: Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into The Breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Uh, today, we are very pleased and honored to be joined by Father Thomas Morrow. And we're going to be talking about uh, his new book that's out from Sophia Press, Straight to heaven a practical guide for growing in holiness. Joe racinello I think that's an important topic. I mean it's the growing most in holiness topic. <laughs> it's the most important topic, that's what it's all about is getting to heaven. That's why you know we're doing the things that we're doing. So we want to thank Father for uh, for being here. For those of you who are not familiar with Father Morrow, he graduated from St. Charles Seminary in Philadelphia, was ordained in 1982 for the Archdiocese of Washington mm-hmm. D.C. Uh, He has an STL in Moral Theology from the Dominican House of Studies and received his doctorate in Sacred Theology from the Pontifical John Paul II Institute for Studies on Marriage and the Family in 1999. Now, he was a host for three years, from 89 to 92, of Catholic Faith Alive, a radio program on WNTR in Washington, in which he explained the Catholic faith. Father Morrow has appeared as a guest on numerous Catholic media platforms, has written many booklets on the Rosary, the Stations of the Cross, Heaven, Hell, Purgatory. Again, all very important stuff, the most important stuff. Um, he's also published many articles in Homiletics and Pastoral Review, Emmanuel, Fidelity, New Covenant, Our Sunday Visitor, Lay Witness, and the Catholic Standard. Father Thomas Morrow, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe.
1: Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to Joe Racinello, and we're going to have a great conversation on holiness.
1: Father, could you please uh, lead us in prayer before we begin? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father in heaven, send your Holy Spirit upon us, guide us in all that we do, that everything might begin with your inspiration, be carried out with your grace assistance, that we might all come to know the way to eternal life and live it with joy and joy. Uh, and energy we ask this through christ our lord amen 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 Immaculate heart of mary pray for us pray for us pray for us
2: father, father you know in in the secular world everyone's got a plan you know we all got plans business plans plans to go out on the weekend but the most important plan is to go to heaven clearly i i don't think people think about that enough frankly i think people have the i'm a good guy plan. You know, if you're a good guy, everyone goes to heaven. If you talk to people, you you know, um, let's discuss that for a minute, because clearly uh you lay out a plan in your book and we gotta we gotta we gotta follow it.
1: Yeah it's a good point you make because uh people say well uh I'm a good guy I'm gonna go to heaven and I've uh researched the scriptures up and down and I've never found in scripture where it says if you're a good guy you're gonna make it to the kingdom. (laughs) It just doesn't say that. (laughs) So it says a lot more. And uh, what it says is that if you want to enter the kingdom, as they asked Jesus, Luke ten twenty seven, you must love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And that takes effort and that, that takes time to grow into. So it's a big order that the Lord has given us, uh, but it's worth every ounce of the effort that we make to fulfill it. And you're right. People don't think enough about the glory of heaven. Uh, and that's why in the book that I go through uh, a whole chapter on uh, the beauty of heaven and how uh, magnificent it is and uh, how amazing it is. Uh, so we, we need to have an idea of heaven every day. Think about it. Think about how we're going to get there. Uh, otherwise we, we get lost because we could go off the track.
0: Well and that's a thing too father I think people have um, or, or I don't think people really know and again I I'm I'm guilty of it I mean there's a lot of people that are guilty of it like we don't really I think think about exactly what heaven is when you think about let's say for argument's sake eternal beatitude you know they people think of that as oh that's that's just catholic jargon I don't even know what that means eternal joy eternal happiness gazing upon the face of god i don't think people understand the the level that the, it's the obviously the highest level a human being can get to but you gotta there's something i mean unlike our protestant brothers and sisters there's something you gotta do yes. there's something that's required of you and what your book is saying is that well what, what we have to do is we have to achieve holiness okay and we have to grow in holiness because obviously none of us are holy Okay, we, we 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 try to grow in holiness um, and strive for that. But I'd ask you to define that, Father Morrow, joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. How would you define, or how do you define, in the book? Well, what is holiness? What what is that exactly?
1: Well, I would say it's a supernatural goodness, a connection with God, a relationship with God that is uh, overpowering uh, and the most important relationship in our lives. And um, you know, I have. Uh, being a, a celibate, I have an idea of heaven, uh, which comes from John of the Cross and comes from Scripture and comes from Pope John Paul II, and that is being a, a marriage, being a marriage with God, who is more beautiful, more exciting, more charming than anyone else we could ever mention. In fact, uh, St. Margaret, um, Margaret Mary um, w- w- was actually told by God that he, uh, that she, he, she was called to be his spouse, and that he's more beautiful, more charming, more alluring, more wealthy, more powerful than any any lover we could ever imagine. So uh, that's a great image for me to uh, to, to have as a celebrant that there'll be this marriage with this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful spouse forever, and that's all from Bible and, and from uh, from John, Saint John of the Cross.
0: Absolutely, Father Thomas Morrow is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Rasinello. His book, "Straight to Heaven: A Practical Guide for Growing in Holiness," that's out from Sophia Press. And everybody out there knows what I'm about to say. Let's support our Catholic publishers. Please buy the book from Sophia Press or your local Catholic
2: bookstore. Please, Joe Rasinello. Father, I mean, Vatican II says we're all called to be holy. Um, and that's true. I, I think people think about the word holiness as if it's it's just for a few people. I mean, Mother Angelica famously <laughs> said on EWTN, don't miss the opportunity, you know, for holiness. And I I think it's also important to note, and I'm interested in your comments, it's essential. If you want to go to heaven, I mean, like you have to grow in holiness. It's not practicing our faith is growing in virtue and growing in holiness. And that is essential for going into heaven, as opposed to the I'm a good guy approach. Talk about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, if you're going to be in a marriage with someone who's extremely holy, you've got to be holy. If one person in a marriage is extremely holy and the other one is mediocre, it's not going to work. So if we really want to be in this divine marriage, we got to work at getting holier and holier. And how do we come become holy? Mostly, most fundamentally through prayer. Uh, that, that's the most basic thing is we got to have a prayer life. St. Alphonsus Liguori said, those who pray are, de- are saved and those who do not pray are damned. Very strong language. From that doctor of the church, so that's the fundamental thing: is is prayer. But then, once we pray, then we have the power to develop, as you said, virtue. Uh, the virtue is uh, is just a good ha- a habit of doing good uh, over and over and over again, uh, where it's in our nature that we want to do good always. So, yeah, w- w- it begins with prayer, but it has to continue with with. Tr- uh, with working at, at making a habit out of loving, out of justice, out of temperance, out of all the virtues. I
0: think, I think the, the thing is uh, what we make a habit of is loving ourselves. There's nothing wrong with loving yourself. I mean, we need to love ourselves. I mean, in a healthy way, but I think in the problem about, is saying, 100%, yes, right, right. So, you know, if, if you think about it, like, People think, well, if, if if I just take care of my or, or worry about my own, let's face it, especially in the culture we live in now, Father Thomas Morrow joining us at the front line yeah. with Joe and Joe, um, everything is about my own satisfying my own animal desires. And that's and that's how I'm going to achieve happiness. Um, I'd like to ask it this way, Father. Um, people think that if you if you don't listen to the church, let's keep this with the church, the commandments. Uh, the golden rule, let's say, teachings of the church, okay, how we have to moderate our behavior, that if you rebel against that, you'll find happiness. Just go out there and do what you want, okay? In the meantime, let's face it, okay, nobody's gonna tell me that if you do that, you're actually gonna go out there and find happiness and find, in fact, if you look at it, how all these different lifestyles out there lead to nothing but destruction, whether it's drugs, whether it's sexually liberated lifestyle, all of it just leads to emptiness, loneliness, isolation. You're not going to find happiness in that. And how only true happiness is attainable in this life. For all the struggles we go through, you still can be truly happy in this life and the next. Talk about that, Father, that 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 misguided notion we have that just satisfying our bodies is what's going to make us happy.
1: Yeah, that, that doesn't lead... lead anywhere it's uh, it's basically a selfishness a selfishness doesn't make anybody happy it uh, can I suppose it can uh, moderate the pain a little bit but it really won't make us happy what makes us happy is uh, being fulfilled in the life that God has called us to He wants us to make wants to make us happy and if you read the lives of the Saints which I do recommend everybody should read the life of the Saints a little bit every day uh, if you re- read the lives of the Saints you realize that they were happy. Um, even in, the, uh, even though they had ma- many cases like St. Francis had nothing, uh, but they were happy. They 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 were filled with with the love of God, and uh, they were emptied emptied of their their self uh, satisfaction, and uh, gi- giving everything to God and to other people, and that's what that's how they've found their happiness, and there was a happiness that lasted and lasted and lasted, and they brought happiness to other people. When St. Francis went around, he brought the kingdom of God to everyone he met, and uh, they began to find happiness too. So it's not easy, and as you say, you have to detach yourself from some of these uh, appetites that we have to fulfill in this world, but if we do that, uh, we're going to uh, fulfill our hearts, w- which are uh, restless until they rest in God.
0: And it's like okay. you said, I'm going to hand it over to Joe, Father Morrow, but it's like you said, if we read or even just know, just just um, you don't have to like dig deep too far to see uh, the examples of what you just said. When you look at, let's say, St. Augustine, when you look at Francis of Assisi, these were not holy men at at at, you at the know, beginning. critical but early on in their lives. Yeah. Um, and yet they came to the end of themselves. Um, as Joe Racinello likes to say on the show all the time, God probably brought them to the end of themselves so that they do empty themselves of these things and understand that, look, I mean, we all go through it. I mean, we're all sinners, okay? And we all get blinded by these things sometimes and, and we lose sight of the idea that, no, no, no. As you just said, Father Morrow, my true happiness is in God and we have to keep striving for it. That's why we're here. Discussing your book that's out from Sophia Press Straight to Heaven, A Practical Guide to Growing Holiness. Joe Racinello.
2: Father, I mean, a lot of people say, particularly even Catholics, they say, like, well, I don't know God's will. What is God's will? I've actually heard people say that. And in order to be happy, we have to live in God's will. Um another way to say that it's the natural law it's written on the hearts of man you lay out a plan to discern and follow god's will um and also it will improve as you state in the book our ability to extend mercy to others which is key because the first two commandments say we have to love god above all things and love our neighbor as ourselves. uh what's that plan could you break it
1: down uh well the plan is to connect to god and to uh communicate with god every day and to uh, grow uh, poco a poco, little by little, uh, in our life of prayer. And some people think that they can start with, you know, an hour or two a prayer a day, and and uh, go to mass every day and stuff like that. And uh, that'd be great if we do. But most, a lot of people that start out trying to become a saint overnight, uh, they fall back. So we have to begin small, and we have to continue to grow. Um, sometimes when people uh, tell me they haven't been praying, I say, well, how about two decades of the rosary every day? That's five minutes a day. Can you do that? We meditate on the on the uh, mysteries of, of our faith. And uh, most people, <laughs> I'd say 98% of the people say, yeah, I can do that. Uh, and so that's a start. Uh, so uh, then as time goes on and we continue to pray, pray. Um, Certainly, uh, we should pray the rosary every day, again, meditating on the mysteries, not just saying the prayers, um, because that's what our Blessed Mother asked us to do, to, to pray for world peace. And be, the, the situation of the world today is such that we need to pray really hard for world peace. And uh, also, while I'm at it, uh, fulfill the First Saturday devotions, because that's the only part of the uh, conversion of Russia that we've ignored the russia has been consecrated to the of Mary, but uh, we haven't paid any attention to the request that we make the first saturday devotion so all these things build up as time goes on in time we uh, we start to go to mass every day uh, that should be a, a a big goal of every catholic is to eventually get to mass every day i remember uh i wanted to go to mass every day and i thought about it You know, it would be nice. I know a lot of young people. I knew a lot of young people when I was young that uh, did go to mass every day. And I said, well, maybe I should try that. And one day it hit me. Okay, let's try it. Start tomorrow. So I started the next day and uh, going to mass every day. And I said, Lord, I'm going to try this for three months. If it doesn't kill me, I'm going to keep going. And uh, after three weeks, I felt better. I was getting up earlier in the morning, seven o'clock mass. I had to be at work at eight. This is when I was an engineer. And uh, so after three, three weeks, I said, oh, I feel better. I'm going to keep this going. So I've been going to Mass every day ever since then. Um, that was 40-some uh, 40, 40 years ago, maybe 45 years ago, whatever. And, um, of course, it's a lot easier for me to go to Mass every day now than it was back then. <laughs> No, I was going to say,
0: Father, for you, that's showing up at the office.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> By the nice. way, one thing I will say to you is that I'm glad you mentioned, and and I always say on the show all the time, Joe and I, we're open books, you know, because we're trying to evangelize. And obviously, how we have lived our lives, how we are living our lives matters, because that's how you have credibility is that, hey, you know, are are you actually trying to do this? I lived for 20 years. I mean, I never left the church. But I certainly wasn't a practical. I mean, I was a practical atheist as far as it goes. I I wasn't living according to the gospel. Um, But I am happy that you mentioned one thing, because, again, we go back and forth. Sometimes in life we have more zeal or energy than others. But I will tell you this. You mentioned about starting with going, you know, uh, going to mass uh, or, you know, let's say every day or starting slow with prayer. Sometimes when you think things are really hard to do, my experience is, for those of you out there listening to us at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, if you think things are so hard, honestly, I found that if you just start, if you That's just it. start, That's God right. will God will move you along. That's he right. will definitely move you along, even though you th- might think you lack the energy, whether it's, I heard yeah. a good priest saying a homily, just add one Mass a week. Just add no, one. Really. Just add one. Or like you said okay, you're not going to conquer the entire rosary. You're not going to pray for an hour, but how about for two decades, five minutes, like you said, yeah. co- concentrating on so- how about sorrow for your sin? So yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that, because a lot of people think that the church overwhelms the individual. And the right. church does not do that, because God does not do that. Okay? Yeah. But 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 God moves you along. I mean, talk about that. I love your thoughts on that, Father. About Again, not gradualism. I don't want to say gradualism. I don't want to just say we're not supposed to strive for things. But Again, the church doesn't overwhelm us. We step by step, one step at a time.
1: Poco a poco, yeah. And I have a lawyer friend that uh, told me years ago he said, I'm going to go to mass-, mass one extra day a week this year. Next year, I'm going to go two days a week. And after uh, six years, he was going every day. That just shows lawyers can be holy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Father Thomas Morrow is joining us here at the front line with Joe. And Joe, we're discussing uh, his new book, "Straight to Heaven: A Practical Guide for Growing in Holiness," and that is out from Sophia Press. Joe Rasinella,
2: Father. Obviously, as Catholics, we have to know the Gospel, but it's probably even more important that we live it because people, I always say, people believe what they see. You know, when they see someone who lives the Gospel, you're clearly not walking along the the road. That everyone else's is, is you're 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 going in many cases against the grain. You will stand out, um, as the old song goes. They'll know we are Christian by our love, by the way we live. Talk about that because ultimately, when we're growing in holiness, it's like that is the fruit mm-hmm. of the of the holiness. Because basically, the grace when we open the floodgates of grace through the sacramental life, through a prayer life, um, it starts to bear fruit. And we start to change, we start to 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 walk in, in a manner that's a little different than everybody else. And it will stand out. And in that, in that, that, that manner, people will say, You're different. I want to be like you. You're happy. You have peace. Talk about that because I think that's the essential element that we need.
1: Yeah, the problem is that when we pray, we don't always see the results right away. When we go to work, we get a paycheck. You know, we get we get results right away, but when when we pray, we don't always see it right away. I remember I started to pray the Rosary every day when I was a freshman in high school. It wasn't until I was a junior junior in high school when, it, when I looked at myself and said, "Hey, this is working. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep on." So uh, that that's that's the unique thing about prayer is that it, it doesn't doesn't always give us a uh, a result uh, right away. We have to be, and that's where faith comes in. We have faith that, that yeah, if we pray, things will change. And and what changes is we change. We, we begin more patient. We become more uh, kind. We, we become more generous. Uh, all these virtues, uh, we have to work at them, yes, but we have the, the power to prayer, to, uh, to pursue these virtues, and to pursue the virtue of, uh temperance that's a big one today because a lot of people they they like to f- uh, fulfill their appetites uh, in every possible way and think as you said they're going to be happy that way that, that, that doesn't lead to happiness what, what leads to happiness is li- living all the virtues uh, as the, the Saints tell us uh, that when they lived them they said hey, this is working I like this I'm going to keep going this way and I'm happy. In it and, and uh, friends, uh, friends of Assisi, St. Anthony, uh, so many of the saints, St. Saint John, Bosco, they went around and they were filled with joy. And uh, so, so, but we, st- we still have to be kind and gracious and stop complaining all the time. <laughs> you know, the, the saints didn't complain that much. Uh, they kept making things better, but they didn't. They didn't complain so much. So, and I have to tell myself, you know, from time to time, stop complaining. You got it pretty good, you know. Don't don't uh, think that you de- deserve anything better. I I, I have uh, w- the life that I've give, been given by God is is a beautiful life, and uh, I don't deserve anything better. In fact, I don't deserve the, the happy life that God has given me.
0: Tomorrow, let me ask you a question because I could hear somebody out there maybe, and I'm not saying wrongly, somebody saying, Well, you guys, you're talking about going to heaven, you're talking about praying, you're talking about going to mass. Those how's it gonna help me pay my bill? And this might I'm talking about out of the mouth of a Catholic, mainly because I've heard this, is I got I, you know, I got bills to pay, I got problems. I I gotta I gotta pay my uh I I my, I gotta I, I hate my job and there's um, my 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 kids are annoying my wife's in, and like all these different you could hear people complaining that like how do I how do we get I guess my larger point father is people get obviously not distracted these things are important these are the day to day activities of life however how do they break out of that to 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 enter into prayer <clears throat> to start saying like you said all right everybody's got everybody's got problems. I don't care who you are. Okay. Everybody's got an issue where you could say, I, I can't get the mass. I, I, I can't pray the rosary. All right. What well, you're a pastor of souls. How, how do you address that, that person who says that, or says, father, I, I can't worry about heaven right now. I got too many things on my plate.
1: Yeah. Okay. So uh, our Lord answers that in scripture. He says, first, uh, you know, uh, the birds of the air they, they um, they're well provided for and um, so uh, you're concerned about the things of this life he said seek first the kingdom of god and all these other things will be given you so th- that's the key it's right there in the bible seek first the kingdom of god and, and he know god knows you need all these things and he's happy to provide them but he wants you to seek him first i work with a lot of sing people single people and uh They say, well, I want to get married. I want to get married. And I tell them, remember what Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else you want will be given to you. So when I was a seminarian, I uh, went out visiting uh, people in the parish while I was serving. And uh, I met a woman who had been away from the church for 11 years. And uh, she said, "Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'll never go to confession. I know that much. I'll never go to confession. And uh, so I said, well, let's just work and see what God w- wants to work with you. So I went back and visited her every, every week or so. And uh, I helped her to get into prayer. And uh, after a while, she said, uh, okay, well, I'm going to go back to, I'm going to go back to Mass this Sunday. So she went back to Mass. And uh, she was there at Mass. And she didn't know what to do. And uh, somebody n- next to her said, I've been away for a while, too, and I'll help you get through the miscellaneous to follow the mass. So she did. And then uh, I was floored uh, a few weeks later, she was going to mass. She said, I need to go to confession. <laughs> and I, I, I thought she'd never say that, but she did. And she went to confession uh, to the priest in the parish where I was, because I wasn't a priest yet. And um, the priest was very kind to her very gracious. And uh, she went to confession and she said, on my way home, I got this terrible pain in my stomach and uh, I could barely walk. And uh, she said, I just prayed for the grace to be able to get to a telephone pole to lean up against it. So she did. She got got to the telephone pole. And uh, as she was telling me this, I'm saying to myself, uh, must have been the devil. He was. He was unhappy to get rid of to lose her, uh, but I didn't want to tell her because I didn't. I didn't want to scare her. But she said to me, "I think it was the devil." <laughs> and so she knew, and uh, so she uh, kept moving back and back and back to the Lord, and she found happiness. And she died only maybe five or six years later. So uh, this is a beautiful uh, example of, of what you're saying: is that um, it's not easy. We got to make God first. But if we make him first, and by the way, this applies to the prayer life too. If a person, one woman told me, uh, she said, I said, how's your prayer life? She said, it's hit or miss. I said, that's not adequate. I said, what you're saying is if your prayer life is hit or miss, you're saying, Lord, if I have time, I'll pray. But uh, what you need to do is make a commitment. Even if it's a small commitment, make a commitment. To do at least this much with the Lord every day, and then you can do more? Fine, you can always do more, but make a commitment as a minimum, so that way you're making God number one, even if it's not two hours a day or an hour a day or whatever, if it's small, but we make God first, and then everything else follows.
0: Thank you for that. Father Thomas Morrow is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're going to take a break um, and then we're going to come back. Well, I want to talk about uh, Joe, when we come back, I want to talk about confession um, and follow up a little bit with Father on that and, and the need for mercy. Not just asking for mercy, but showing mercy. So his book is Straight to Heaven, a Practical Guide for Growing in Holiness. Father Thomas Morrow, that's out from Sophia Press. Um, and Father, where else can folks buy the book?
1: Uh, in another week or two, they can buy it on our website, which is C is in Catholic, F as in Faith, alive. Cfalive.com, and where they can find all of our works, all of our leaflets, all of our uh, books, and, and so on. And our price is always lower than everybody else, and we don't charge any uh, any shipping. So Cfalive.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you for that, Father. So stick around with us at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network here with the Frontline with Joe and Joe. 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial. Remember, uh, if you don't mind, follow Joe and I on social media, at the Frontline with Joe and Joe on YouTube, and at with Joe and Joe, at with Joe and Joe on Twitter. Stick around. We have another great segment with Father Thomas Morrow.
3: Join the family here at Veritas Catholic Radio. Know your faith better, live your faith better with what you hear at Veritas Catholic Radio. It's John Harper, our fall pledge drive in full swing, 440-837-4827, 440 veritas that's the number you call with your tax-deductible pledge. to Veritas Catholic Radio, we come to you twice a year to ask for your support. We are 100% listener-supported, and we come to you now at this time of the year to ask you to help us cover our operating expenses for the next six months. We operate on a very lean budget here at Veritas Catholic Radio, and thanks be to God for your generosity because you have kept us on the air, and we have grown this apostolate here in the Diocese of Bridgeport based on your generosity. How much has God given to you? Just a couple of weeks ago, we heard the gospel about the widow's mite. How many times do you hold back? Will you be generous right now? Will you dig deep? Will you bless yourself? Bless Veritas Catholic Radio with your donation. Whatever it might be, big or small, 440-837-4827. The number to call, 440-837-4827. Always safe, secure online, veritascatholic.com and the Veritas Catholic Radio app. As you and I are on this journey through life to our eternal home, and every single day is an opportunity to love him and serve him. You know that. What are you doing to bring others to him? Well, Catholic Radio is evangelization for shy people, as you've heard Steve Ray say, and this is your opportunity to keep Catholic Radio on the air here in the Diocese of Bridgeport and beyond. 440-837-4827 for your pledge now. 440-837-4827. Keep a voice for the Catholic Church on the the air with your donation right now, and your donation is also an investment in younger Catholics. The message they hear at Veritas Catholic Radio plants the seeds of the Holy Spirit in them. Join the family right now with your pledge: four four zero eight three seven four eight two seven. Join the family at Veritas Catholic Radio.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Front Line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. We are way in the breach with Father Thomas Morrow, and we're discussing getting to heaven because Father Morrow's new book is straight. To heaven, a practical guide for growing in holiness that's available from Sophia Press. Father, I want to say this, Joe, if you don't mind, I just want to start off the conversation. Father, I, one of the greatest, the greatest day of my life, my adult life, is when after years. I went to confession with, uh, with an old Irish priest up on the Upper West Side. Somebody had recommended him to me, and it was one of those adult confessions, the one where you get rid of everything, okay, and a lot of dirt, a lot of gunk, a lot of sin that's built up over the course of time. And I was, I think, kind of fearful, perhaps hesitant. I knew I needed to go to confession. Um, talk about the grace of the confessional. How this is such an a, a the 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 greatest gift that Jesus gives us is the Eucharist. We know that. All right, because that is him. Um and right there with it, the one-two punch is his mercy, his the great and the the grace that we receive in giving him our sins. That I think is very under, under uh, not talked about enough in the church. I think people feel like when you say that when you emphasize the need to go to confession, you're somehow being judgmental of others. Talk about this beautiful gift that God gives us to give Jesus our sins and to be cleansed please
1: yeah when we go to confession we get that that uh um, merciful embrace of love from God and the priest is the uh, is the is the intermediary for that it's uh, God embraces us in love uh, when we go to him and confess our sins it's the same thing when a ki- kid goes to a her his mother or father and says, I'm so sorry, I did such and such and such. And the mom and dad, uh, they, they give him a hug and say, okay, well, we're going to be all right. We're going to straighten out. So a lot of people, uh, as, as that woman I told you about, uh, her name was Lisa. Um, they said, I don't want to go to confession. I don't want to go to confession. And then when they finally uh, get close to God and realize what, what, what um, uh, their faith is about, they realize, I got to go to confession. I got to go. And uh, I try to go every week. I don't quite make it every week, but uh, I, I uh, go uh, two or three times a month usually. And um, but And people say when they go to confession, well, I always have the same sin. And I say, yeah, me too. When I go to confession, I always, I always have the same sin. So we all, we all do that. But I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep working on those sins that I, that I uh, have a tendency to commit. One of the things that I, co- I confess over and over again is driving too fast. And uh, before I started confessing it more frequently, uh, the uh, state of Maryland used to send me. Photos of my car every so often. They were kind enough to do that, and uh, I realized that I, uh, you know, this is no good. I gotta, I gotta watch my, my driving. So, as soon as I catch myself going eleven miles over, I immediately hit, hit the brake, and uh, come back down. But I'm not going to stop confessing that. I'm uh, until I completely get rid of it. I want to get rid of it. I may It may be only for 500 yards that I drive too fast, but I'm going to keep confessing it because that's something I really want to work on and I I want to get rid of. So, whatever our sin is, uh, whether it be uh, 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 sins of unchastity, whether it be sins of um, um, anger. uh, I wrote a book on anger too, by the way. Uh, So, whatever our sin is, we need to continue to confess it over and over and over again until we wise up and, and straighten out. And by the way, for somebody that has a, uh, a, a sin that they can have to confess over and over again, I recommend to them that they write it on a piece of paper on an index card and put it on their bureau and uh, look at it every night before going to bed and every morning when they get up. I did that with one of my sins. When I was in, in the seminary, my sister and I used to uh, enjoy uh, criticizing heretical uh, theologians and I said I, I got to stop doing that. That, that, that that's pride that's pride all these criticisms complaining about people so I put it on my uh, on my list and it never have more than three things on the list never more than three because we can't concentrate on more than three things at once but then it was on my list and uh, I looked at it every night and every morning and after one year I was able to cross it off I still, Criticized from time to time, but not hypercritical. I will not hypercritical anymore. So that's how we get rid of things.
0: I I think that's an important balance, too, because Joe and I do a lot of criticizing on the show, but we, we try to keep it focused on those things that we need to be critical of. Um, no. try to avoid as best we could, um, let's say being critical of the people. And sometimes you can't avoid that, but trying to do it in a more of a charitable way and not just kind of beating up on somebody simply because they say something that, let's say, in the case you just mentioned, something that would be considered objectively heretical, doesn't do us any good. I gotta be honest with you, Father Morrow joining us here. Doesn't do us any good to beat up on the individual, and it's not something that's very charitable. And and yeah, just really. I don't find that that bears any fruit. I, I I don't think people really listen to you when all you do is just beat up on other people.
1: Yeah, what happens is we we get into the uh, not awful syndrome, where it's awful. Isn't this awful? Isn't this awful? And some people just relish that, and uh, so I, I see that when I when I hear that I I try to change the conversation to something else because uh, some things are awful, but we can't dwell on that. We got to move on and, and and focus on the positive, and and look at the, the the highlights in life and the good things in life.
0: Absolutely, Joe Rasinello,
2: Father, I want to just uh, kind of highlight something you just said uh, about confession. <clears throat> Obviously, when we go to confession, we're forgiven. Um, but another like bonus if you will of that confession is God gives us the grace to overcome the sin that's why you say it over and over again because God's working with you and that's how you grow in virtue i do think that the sacrament of reconciliation is an overlooked sacrament in the catholic church now it used to be i'm not i'm 52 um when i was a kid there was confession before every mass this is in a Novus order parish now it's just not the case. I'm like yourself. I, I go probably twice a month, every other week. Um, the last I'm I'm working on three weeks just because I couldn't go last last uh, weekend. But uh, I think that's so important, confession. It's so important that Catholics because it, we're opening up the grace ourselves to the grace of the Eucharist. When we're going to confession, it's so key. And we're overcoming our own faults because God's working with us. Some things, you know this as well as I. I mean, we have certain proclivities to certain sins. Each person, because we're flawed. All of us are flawed, whether it's cursing, whether it's a sin. We can go on and on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. And Mm. if we keep confessing it and God's working with us, eventually we heal.
1: Talk about that. We got to get back to confession as a people. Yeah, Saint Francis de Sales said, "When you go to confession, you exercise more virtues than in any other act whatsoever, especially the virtue of humility." That's and of course Saint Augustine said the three most important virtues are humility, second humility, and third humility. So uh, when we go to confession, we exercise that virtue, obedience. Um, uh, uh, all, kinds of, uh, all kinds of virtues, uh, as St. Francis de Sales said. So it's so important that we make make that a priority. And the, the church's teaching on indulgences, especially plenary indulgences, remind us that if we're going to get a plenary indulgence, we have to go to confession within 20 days before or after we do the acts, acts such as praying the uh, rosary in a community or or spending a half hour of prayer before the Blessed Sacrament or whatever. So uh, the church encourages us as part of the the way of perfection, uh, which is um, embodied in plenary indulgences, uh, to to go frequently to, to confession. Some people, they <laughs> they haven't been to confession in years. One woman, she told me she did not had to go to confession in years, and she went to the priest and... and uh, uh, she, said, she said, well, I don't have any mortal sins. He said, yeah, but you still need to go often. You need to keep going. And um, so because he, he said to her, um, it could be a matter of pride that you don't want to go to confession because you don't have any mortal sin. Pope John Paul II said, yeah, we need to go to confession, even if we just have venial sins, because you get a tremendous amount of grace from this sacrament. And humility is probably the first first virtue that we exercise. When we go to confession, and that's such an important virtue.
0: Father Mauro, let me <clears throat> let me ask you this: We live in a. I think we live in a in a time now where, where everything is about vengeance. One group wants to have vent, take vengeance on another group because they have an historical gripe about this, that, or the other thing, and that mm-hmm. goes from the societal level, right down to the individual. Okay especially for Catholics, okay, because we're talking about confession. Let's stay there for, for a second, okay? <laughs> we're talking about receiving the mercy of Jesus Christ. Right. How could that not help us to be merciful to others? Everybody's got a beef, Father. Everybody. I don't care what group you're in. I don't care who you are. Everybody's got a gripe. Everybody's got a beef, all right? You got two choices. You can either get rid of it, okay, or you can hold on to it. Holding on to it's not going to do you a darn bit of good. And in yeah. my experience, and I think that's I think that's an objective fact. Okay, but it, but but going to confession helps you at least acknowledge the need to be merciful to others, even if they have objectively wronged you in some way. Talk about that, Father. The need to be merciful towards others, to be forgiving to others, because it doesn't seem to be too prevalent nowadays.
1: <clears throat> that was part of the divine mercy message to Saint Maria of Faustina, and that is, if you want mercy. You got to give it. You got to give mercy. So we have the uh, the spiritual works of mercy, and um, the the two most difficult ones are for people, forgiving all the injuries and bearing injustices patiently. Uh, those are things that we we all struggle with. Uh, so we have a tendency to um, to hold on to our grudges.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have... hand it over to I'm going to hand it over to Joe. But I will tell you this, Father. Yeah. We all listen, yo. whenever we go to church, of course, we listen to the gospel, okay? And we hear the story, hear Jesus' parables. And so many, so I know I'm guilty of this, and I know other people are guilty of this. You say, well, I'm not that guy that Jesus is talking about, or I'm not that guy. And all I keep that's why I'm talking about mercy, because I keep thinking about the servant uh, who was forgiven a rather large debt. And the first thing he does is he goes out and he wants to collect a much smaller debt. And, then, and yeah. then God has something to say to that guy. You know, I, I think, you know, we all tend sometimes to want to see, you know, what we want in the gospel and not realize Jesus is speaking to us. That's us he's talking to. And yeah. we can easily, easily fall into that. Am I wrong there, Father?
1: No, you're right. And, you know, we we have a tendency to hang on to our grudges. And um, uh, I have Irish background. And uh, I, you guys are probably familiar with Irish Alzheimer's disease. You forget everything but the grudges. <laughs> so we, we we need to uh, you know show mercy if somebody has wronged us. So look look what they did to Jesus. I mean you know I have I have nothing to complain about uh, if I look at Jesus and say, well, come on. <laughs> Get going. Go beyond this. What the problem is, is that people hang on to these uh, injustices that they received, failing to fulfill the spiritual work of mercy of forgiving uh, injustices, bearing injustices patiently. And so they ruin their peace. They don't have any peace because they're they're so worried about what happened to them uh, that it just goes on and on and on and um it's a waste of time uh, just say well, okay that person hurt me so but as teresa battle has said you know i look with favor on the people that have hurt me because they've helped me grow in holiness so we have to take that on ourselves and say yeah i can benefit from that look at what jesus went, went through
0: absolutely no joe oh go ahead father
2: no complaints
1: yeah
0: no complaints joe racinello
2: Father, in the book, you talk about uh, some individuals, they all had stories of uh, living through difficult times. I mean, I think people sometimes could fixate on these times, as if, like, these were the only difficult times. Uh, tell us a few of the folks that you mentioned in the book uh, who overcame and grew, and grew in the fruits of the Holy Spirit in the difficult times that they were living in.
1: Well, I mean, you got uh, St. Francis. I mentioned him already. Um you got uh, some of the uh, saints like Saint Augustine. Uh, the church was in a lot of turmoil. There were a lot of heresies going around, and he just he went directly at each heresy and and uh, wrote against it. So you have uh, situations in the church uh, even now, and people are questioning the church's teaching on chastity. Uh, same-sex chastity, all this, all this stuff, and uh, but we we have the truth, we have Jesus, and we can uh, offer mercy and receive mercy, and that's the greatest way to receive mercy is to, is to offer it. And uh, so we have an opportunity now to show the mercy of God to let other people know uh, that God is merciful, and and we. We need to make use of the tools we've been given in the Divine Mercy devotion to help people. For example, uh, our Lord said, um, "Those who uh, I'm giving you a great opportunity for, for mercy and forgiveness. This is the the image, the Divine Mercy image. And if you venerate this image, uh, you will not perish. That's an amazing. Uh, it's like it's like uh, amnesty." Uh, some of the divine mercy promises if you if you venerate this image, you will not perish. and I, I met a woman in the, in the in the hospital years ago her son-in-law asked me to visit her, and um, I didn't know if she was Catholic or what. Well, it turns out she wasn't even baptized and uh, she uh, said to me, she's eighty three years old, dying of uh, cancer, and she said, "I think I'm about ready." And I said to myself, okay, well, I'm going to bring in the divine mercy. So I gave her the picture, and I said, I want you to say this, say this chaplet just once. Because so our Lord said, if you say it just once, you're going to get a tremendous amount of mercy. And, um, and so I gave her the picture, and I said, I want you to venerate that every day. Just kiss it every day. So she said, uh, okay. Okay. And um, then I got back and I, I talked to the, the son-in-law and he said, yeah, I don't think she's even been, been baptized. I said, oh, I wish I had known that. I would have tried to baptize her. But anyway, so I got a call maybe a month later. She was in ICU, in another hospital. And um, I uh, called down there and said, uh, ask her if she's ever uh, asked the, the granddaughter to ask her if she's ever been um, baptized. Uh, and she said, "No, she's not been baptized." And so, before I got there, the chaplain for the hospital baptized her. And I went down and, and visited her, and gave her first Holy Communion and anointing of the sick. So I said to her, "I said, have you been uh, have you been uh, um, venerating that picture? You've been kissing it? Oh yeah, Father, I kiss it every day, every day." And so the daughter said to me, "Father, I can't believe this." I've been trying to get her baptized for 20 years. She wouldn't do it. I said, well, the Lord fulfilled his promise. He said, "Uh, if if you venerate that picture, you won't be lost. So uh, there are a lot of other promises uh, from Divine Mercy. For example, um, pray for sinners. Uh, If you say this prayer for a sinner, they'll be given the grace of conversion. So what's the prayer? You think it would be two hours, three hours long? It's a very short prayer of blood and water was gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. So I pray that for all my sinner friends every day. And um, now they'll be given the grace of conversion. Does that mean they'll be converted? No. The other one was that you will not go to hell if you venerate that because that's something you do. But you have to do something yourself in order to be saved but they'll be given a grace of conversion means it'll be easy to to receive that grace. They still have to accept it, but it'll be easy to to accept it. So that's a prayer we should pray for people that are sinners Oh, blood and water was gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trusted you simple prayer and what great uh, fruits from that prayer of mercy.
0: How how important father Thomas Morrow joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe is a reminder, go out and buy his book straight to heaven, a practical guide for growing in holiness. That's out from Sophia press father. Um, you you brought up a very big word. Okay. Trust, not a long word, but a big word. Okay. Yeah. Um, how do we, how do we fail? I think a lot of times we all fail um, to try to fully trust in God. And I, I, I agree with you whenever I pray the divine mercy, Uh, You know, do I really mean that? Jesus, I trust in you. I want to. I want to. I believe me in my heart. I want to. I fail. Okay. I'm sure others do too. But talk about that, that need for not just trust. I think sometimes it comes down to a radical trust and pray for the grace to have that radical trust. Amen.
1: Amen. That's right. Uh, So we put together a years ago, a uh, a folded card and and, uh, the title of the card is trust exclamation point. And it has all the biblical quotes on, on trust in it. And uh, when people go to confession, I ask them, I have a card here on trust. Would you like a copy? She says, yeah, I need that. They all say, I need that. I need that. So uh, I hand it to them. No, it's, it's got And it's got the um, quote uh, after the biblical quotes. It's got the quote from uh, our Lord to St. Maria As I love it when people trust me. I hate it when they don't trust me. People that trust me They get all kinds of graces, all kinds of graces from him. So um, I work on that myself. I read part of that card every day. That's on our website, by the way, cfalive.com. But uh, I work on that uh, every day. And at the end, after reading all those quotes, I say, Lord, teach me to trust, teach me to trust, teach me to trust. And the more I do that, the more uh, uh, comfortable I am with saying to the Lord, Whatever happens, Lord, I praise you. I know you'll bring you'll bring good out of it. So I don't have to worry. I don't have to be concerned. And it's giving me more peace. So, yeah, you're right. It's, it's very difficult to totally trust in every situation. Uh, no matter what happens, God will bring good out of it. Um, not so long ago, I got COVID. So I said, well, praise God. If you want me to have COVID, uh, you'll bring some good out of it. I'm sure you will. So if it happens, it happens. God's in charge. I'm not in charge. Now, the problem is this. The problem is that we get to control most everything in our lives. We probably control 80%, 85% of the things in our lives. It's that other 15% that we have trouble letting go of and say, okay, Lord, I give it to you. I trust you. I trust that you take care of it. That's the problem is that we're so used to controlling everything in our lives that we uh, have trouble by giving up that other 15%, which we just cannot control. We can't control it. So we have to say, Lord, you're in in charge. And I know that all things work around to good for those who love God. And by the way, I mentioned in the book, uh, one of my favorite books uh, by Merlin Carruthers, Prison to Praise. Here's a guy that praised God for everything that happened in his life, including catastrophes and miracles began to happen in his life. So that's a great little book. I buy them 50 at a time and give them out to people because uh, it helps people to get through life and to, again, to trust. And there's more to um, dealing with uh, catastrophes than what's in his book, because we as Christians, we embrace the cross. If we learn to embrace the cross, embrace the suffering, embrace the hardships that we have, then we get a tremendous amount of grace and we get souls out of heaven, out of purgatory. So it's a wonderful opportunity as Christian. Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, those are the two best people that uh, write about uh, embracing your cross and how how it benefits you.
0: It's funny that you're you reminding me uh, just now when you were talking, uh, something my wife tells me all the time, because she got it from the, one of the Sisters of Life, told her it, almost verbatim what you just said, Lord, I trust in you. You take care of it. <laughs> like you, right. you, You take care of it. My wife has an easier time doing that. Than, than I do, I must admit. Father Thomas Morrow, joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Resinello.
2: Father, I don't want to be over complimentary, but I'm going to say it. Your faith is like a child. It's beautiful, honestly. It like like it really is, um, and and it's something to admire because you take God at His word you see we have to take him Mm. at his word he says these things to us in scripture in prayer and 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 mother Teresa would say that i take him at his word you did it to me i take him at his word so therefore i'm going to do that i think we have to work on that as catholics all of us he says these things do we believe him like and i also am a devotee to the divine mercy chaplet i remember when my father was dying one of the promises in the book if you pray the chaplet at the bedside of somebody who's dying they'll be given grace i did that you know um i have the the image on my front door in my house coming into my house faustina says she'll reach a hand to every person three times christ told her at the hour of death this is—that is a—you is a, 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 know, some say she'll become a doctor of the church. I think she will, to be truthful with you. Another person who had a fourth-grade education who becomes a doctor of the church. We need more of those, Father. I think we got too many of the people who have— uh, heart- Too many academics. <laughs> too many academics. <laughs> like uh, me.
1: <laughs> uh, you a, well, you have to pay of a child. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I have to have a child like Faith. We want to get to close to God. All the degrees don't mean anything. You know, uh, I, I told somebody recently, I think I've learned more about the faith by reading the saints over these years than I did with all my years of studying theology. Now, it's not, you know, we learn so much by reading the saints and uh, seeing their lives and see what they did. And they, they, they put up with the same stuff we put up with and they struggle with the same things we struggle with. So there's a great benefit in reading the lives of the saints. Wonderful benefit. I'd say St. Saint, saint Anthony of Padua is probably my favorite saint after the Blessed Mother. St. Francis of Assisi is so important. Um, St. John Bosco is another important one. Teresa of Avila is not easy to read, but there are books on her. Uh, in fact, on my website, we have a, uh, a spiritual reading list. That mentions a book on Teresa of Avila that's quite readable. It's by Marcelo Claire. If you read her autobiography, that's a little difficult reading. But there are some good books on Teresa of Avila. John of the Cross. Again, he's very difficult to read, but uh, his his easiest book is the Spiritual Canticle. So, and he talks about the marriage with God. It's so beautiful. Some of these things you you find. So, yeah, we gotta we gotta read, and we gotta do as you said. Our Lord said this in the divine mercy devotion, let's do it. And if you do it, things happen. Things will happen. You have to take him at his word. I like what you said. Yes, take him at his word.
0: Father Thomas Morrow, this has been a very enlightening conversation. We know that Joe and I are going to benefit tremendously from this. Uh, Our audience here at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network are going to benefit. Your book is Straight to Heaven, A Practical Guide for Growing in Holiness. Uh, Father, where could folks buy the book and where could folks follow more about what you have going on?
1: Well, I know it's on Amazon. I know it's on Sophia Institute Press uh, website. Uh, It will be on our website in one week. Um, and uh, we'll have it up there at at a lower price than everybody else. So uh, check it out, and uh, be sure uh, to pick it up. Uh,
0: What's the website again, Father?
1: C-F-Alive. C -C -C is in Catholic, F is in Faith, Alive. -alive CfAlive.com.
0: Father Thomas Morrow, you are welcome on this show anytime. Thank you so much for this great and important conversation. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you very much, Joe. Been good, good to be you're, with you.
0: You're welcome, and thank you all out there for joining us at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, thirteen fifty on your AM dial. 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith of the New York City metropolitan area. Couple things, download the app, the Veritas app, share it with your friends. We are an EWTN affiliate, so you get all EWTN content and original programming, including the Frontline with Joe and Joe. And also, if you like what Joe and I do, we have our social media, uh, political and cultural commentary at the with Joe and Joe, at with Joe and Joe on Twitter, and the Frontline with Joe and Joe on youtube and remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere we'll talk to you soon